get to some of the Psalm 20 great, if I don't have to go to. But let's, let's pray together, and we will um, we'll get into the Word. Lord, thank you so much. Lord, um, there, there's not enough thanks that we can give you for what you've done for us and what you continue to do for us on a daily basis. Uh, Lord, there's so much that we don't even know that you do regularly. You protect us. You provide for us. Lord, you're a, a constant friend and companion. Lord, you do little things for us just because you love us. You give us good parking places, Lord. You know, you help us when we, when we trip and fall and, and keep us from hurting ourselves more. Lord, you, you're just so wonderful. We, we thank you. Lord, as we open your word together, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak through me. Lord, even if it's something that um, you need somebody to hear that I haven't prepared at all for, you can either speak through me or let them hear something different. That's great, too. And, uh, Lord, but I pray that everyone in here, whatever it is that they need to receive from you this morning, that they will receive it. Or whether that is a, a word, an encouragement, a strengthening, a, um, Lord, sometimes we need to be prodded um, into doing stuff. Lord, whatever it is we need, I pray that you will provide that by your spirit this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to start once again just as kind of a pickup into uh, with Isaiah 11. We've been, we've been here a while. We've been going through the sevenfold anointing, the sevenfold spirit of the Lord. Um, This is our inheritance, okay? Um, it's it's a, this, this, you know that the sevenfold spirit rested upon Jesus. That's what this says. Is it Isaiah 11? Is it, if, if he rests on Jesus, then he rests on his body. And that's who we are. Uh, then a shoot will spring, this is verse 1, the shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Who is the him? Jesus, right? What I just said. If it rests on, if it's on Jesus, then it's on his body. Um, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Okay, we've been going through these different uh, anointings, or, or the, the spirit of the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of, of wisdom and understanding. The spirit we, we take we did the spirit of counsel, and we're moving into the spirit of, of might today. The spirit of this is used in the Old Testament a lot in, in one or a couple of different ways. It, it means exactly what that is. It's, it's might or strength. A lot of times it's used of a king, like they will say, the, the, uh, uh, we will tell all of the, the, the might of King Hezekiah. So a lot of it's used of his army, his ability to go out and conquer, uh, and it's used of God himself. Uh, and just as it is here um, in, in Psalm 20, it's, it's God's power and might. You might have um, you might have heard uh, has, has anybody heard the word Sadaios? Okay, Sadaios. Um, some of the older translations actually have that in there. Um, it is uh, the the Lord of His army. Okay, He is the the Lord of hosts. You might have heard might have heard it translate that way, Lord of hosts. So he, God is the God of the armies of heaven. And he is a, he is a warrior God. 
know, lots of times we, we think of God as the Prince of Peace, and He is, right? We think of we think of God as, as we think of Jesus as the Lamb who was slain, and He is. You know, we think of of God as as our as Jesus as our Savior, right? He's the one who who came and, and paid the penalty for our sin, and and He is all of that. He's also a warrior king, and that is a lot what this the might is all about. He is strong and powerful, and he is the God who will make war on his enemies and defeat his enemies and see that his people are saved um, from whatever they are in. So whatever bondage, whatever, um, you know, think of the people of Israel. The people of Israel were in bondage in Egypt, right? And the God of might showed up and defeated the greatest army in the entire world to free a slave nation from their midst. That is the God that we serve. And that is the God in might. Now, um, I'm going to get into a little bit more of that, but I want to tell a, a little bit of a story. I mentioned this a, a few weeks ago, maybe a couple weeks ago, and um, some of you maybe not weren't in here just yet or... Um, here, but uh, a few weeks ago, I was at a, a men's conference, a men's retreat this week for Gospel Businessmen. Um, I've been going up there with a, a pastor buddy of mine uh, for years, and we were at a different location this time, and uh, the first session, the first night session was, there was just no life in it. There was no spirit. In fact, the guy that was leading worship um, he even mentioned it. He said, you know, if, if you all are having a hard time getting into worship tonight, I want you to, you know, come forward and, and uh, let's pray for you. And, and he, he kind of put it on the people, you know, and I was feeling it myself. I was like, what's going on? There's something just not quite right. And then the next morning, we had early morning prayer, and I was in there, and I still felt the same way. And I said, something's just not quite right. There's a, there's a block. There's something that's just holding everything up. And so as I was as I was praying and I was asking the Lord, what what is what is it here? Is Lord, is it a, a regional something? Is it something about the location? Is it something that someone's brought in? What 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 are we dealing with? Because I knew, you know, I was at I'd been at home praying and I could feel the presence of the Lord and I could hear his voice and I you know, I knew that I knew that everything was okay with with where I was with the Lord and all of a sudden I got to another location And as I was praying about it and asking the Lord and really kind of seeking in the Spirit, what the Lord revealed to me is that there were some blood oaths and curses over the property. And so I broke those things off. I prayed the blood of Jesus. I cleansed it and uh, you know, broke the curses and, re- and released it, uh, uh, you know, those oaths unto the Lord and, and just blessed the place. Let me tell you, the, the next meeting, because that, that was at 7.30, we all went to breakfast, came back and had the next meeting, I think it was at 9 o'clock in the morning, and it was a totally different experience. It was just like night and day. All of a sudden, everybody's leaning into worship, and, and people are going, Lord, I don't know what was going on. I think it was me. And I'm going, oh, no, no. It was a spiritual issue. So once you take care of that spiritual issue, then things open up. Now, one of the tactics of enemy, okay, and, and 
guys' military experience can, can uh, probably confirm this. If you can fight a battle behind enemy lines without the other country knowing that you're even there, that's the best, right? If you can go into, you know, let, let's say, you know, let's say it's, um, you know, go into Iraq, totally topple the nation, and then go, huh, wonder what happened. Who was that? They were here. Right? Then then you won. That's exactly what happens with the church. Most of the church, I believe, when you look at they they don't even know they're in a fight. How many how many church services go on on every Sunday across at least across the country, if not across the world where they are having that blockage, they're having that hindrance, and they don't even know what it could be. They have no idea there's a fight. A lot of them don't think there is any, anything with demonic forces or principalities and powers. And if they, if they do, they have no idea how to deal with them. something out of, out of Judges. I, I love this passage. Okay? And we're, we're still dealing with God of might, right? Spirit of might. Because um, a lot of this is, is the waging of war. And God is a God who has given us the, the spirit of might in order to wage war and to conquer. Alright? Now, we're, we're not talking about um, people out there with talking about waging war against principalities and powers. Against uh, We're not waging war against people. We're waging war against the devil and his minions. Right? To free people. Right? There's a big difference, okay? We're not, we're not looking at... We, we, don't, we don't look at the, the next town down the way or, you know, we look at... Can I, can I pick on New York? We don't look at New York and say, you know, we're better than New York, so we're going to we're going to wage war against the people of New York. No, 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 no. We're going to say, you know what? There is this stuff over New York, and so we're going to 
uh, we're going to war in the Spirit so that the people can be free. Right? Look at this in uh, Judges chapter 3. In Judges 3. Verse 1. Now these are the nations which the Lord left to test Israel by them. That is, all who had not experienced any of the wars of Canaan, only in order that the generations of the sons of Israel might be taught war, those who had not experienced it formerly. that the generations of the sons of Israel might be taught war, those who had not experienced it formerly. So we, we often wonder, you know, if Jesus died on the cross for our sins, right? And he, it says that he, um, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. All authority has been given to him. Why are we still dealing with all these principalities and powers and all these demons? And why do we have to deal with those things? has left them to test us so that we can learn how to fight. So that we can learn to do battle, to do warfare. Why do we have them? So that we can grow up and and be everything that God wants us to be. We have to learn how to do battle and to do warfare. We've got to realize that God has put that spirit of might upon us so we can um, learn how to do to do battle. Now, um, got a few few different passages here. Um, let's flip over to uh, the New Testament. Go to go to Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians six. very often. Verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. What's the strength? It's that in the the Septuagint, the Greek Old Testament, right? Same word in the, as in the, in the Greek here. In the strength of his might, put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, which, um, 
with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Right? With all prayer and petition, at all times in... Uh, I'm sorry. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf. Okay? Now, if, if you would... You all are going to wish you had it like an iPad or a phone to do this. It's a lot easier. Flip back over to um, Isaiah 11. Let's just see, see this, okay? Isaiah 11. As you're getting there, you know, a lot of people, I've, I've heard tons of people preach on, on, the, uh, full, on the armor of God. And, uh, have you ever heard that you put on the full armor of God every day? Right? You put on, your, you put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the uh, you know, breastplate of righteousness, right? You know, shod my feet with the gospel of peace. You know, put the belt of truth around my, my waist, right? So that I can I can be ready to fight. I'm gonna take the the uh, um, shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. Right? I, anybody ever heard that? Anybody ever done that? Okay, it, that's that's good. You know, that's that's good. I, I think there's a little bit deeper meaning to this. Right, and I want to show you that here. Okay, we're back in Isaiah 11, right? So the spirit, uh, verse two, the the spirit of um, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Look, um, look down at verse. Uh, yeah, look down at verse five. Righteousness will be the belt around his loins. Faithfulness, the belt about his waist. Um, flip over uh, to um, Isaiah 59. Flip a few pages over to chapter 59. Verse 17. Let's start with 16. Um, he saw there was no man and was astonished that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought salvation to him and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness like a breastplate, a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on a garment of vengeance of clothing, wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. Did you all know that this was in there? Right? So when, when you've got Paul saying, take up the, 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 put on the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. What he's doing, he's pulling these Old Testament concepts. And he's saying, look, you need to realize that when you are in a fight, you look like God. Okay? You are putting on, it's, it's it's not a figure of speech, God's armor. When you put on the armor of God, you know, it's, 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 it's the holy armor. And that's great. But, it, but it's the armor of his, it's his armor. It's like Saul, you know, giving his armor to David. And David puts on there, this is God giving us his armor. He wants you to realize you go into the fight looking just like Jesus. battle that we 
the, the right armor to go in and to destroy the enemy. And let me let me say just a little bit. Uh, let, me, let me go to one more passage. I'm going to say a little bit more. Um, flip over to Second uh, Corinthians. I told you guys you better have your fingers ready this morning. Second Corinthians, chapter ten. Though we walk in the flesh, okay, okay, we, anybody in here that's not flesh and blood, if, if you if you raise your hand, I'll just find a stick pin and we'll make sure real quick, okay. Though we don't, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful. They're powerful of God. They are. They are. Okay. In, in God's wars. He makes it too many. Okay? God has a lot bigger weapons than any nuke that anybody can come up with. Alright? He, he, he causes an earthquake and it, it destroys a city. Okay? God has huge weapons of warfare. Okay? Our weapons, the weapons of our warfare, are divinely powerful for the pulling down of, of, of fortresses, uh, sorry, for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying. Do you hear the military here? Okay, listen. The weapons, divinely powerful destruction, fortresses, we're destroying speculations. Every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We're ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. Paul is using warfare language to, to let, tell us, look, guys, you are in a fight. And you're, the fight that you're in, uh, you're, you're not going to take up you know, guns and knives and bayonets and what. It is a spiritual war, and you need to know what spiritual weapons that you have. Most of them are somehow through prayer. Okay? Because um, if you're not praying, you're not fighting. Most of them are through prayer. And it's not just, dear Lord, would you, would you please take care of this? Amen. I'm going to bed. Okay? The military, I promise you, they're in a fight, they're in a fight, and it's in the long haul. Hope, they're hoping that it's not in the long haul, but they, they will be in the trenches sometimes. You, you read about, like, uh, World War One, World War Two, and they're in the trenches for, you know, days and weeks and months at a time. Going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I, look, maybe we can take, maybe we can take three feet today. Right? If we 
think you're going to be in prayer for 15 minutes and that's enough to take care of the battles at hand, you got an orphan child. It takes prayer. It takes learning. It's not like we're going back to that Judges 3. God wants us to learn to fight. So what does He do? He, he, will, he will cause issues to come up in your life so that you can learn to fight. You're not going to learn to fight if everything is peaceful and hunky-dory. Okay? Because if, if it's peaceful, then you're not going to fight. It, it doesn't matter. You'll be, you'll be resting back in your easy chair and, and just being graceful. And, but as soon as, as soon as you have that conflict, whatever that might be, maybe it's an internal conflict, maybe it's a conflict at work, maybe it's a conflict at church, maybe it's a conflict in your, you know, in, in your body, maybe, you know, but there's something there that is, is going wrong. All of a sudden, what do you do? You get down on your knees and you cry out for help. But I tell you, the right thing to do is make sure you're on your knees in the first place. Okay? So we go when it comes along, you're ready. And you're not waiting to get ready until the time when you actually experience the issue, whatever that issue might be. You need to be ready to fight when before it actually comes about. It's a daily life of prayer and, and really looking into and seeing, okay, God, what is it that I, in, that I need to, to engage in? Sometimes it's daily, sometimes it's not, but you're, you should be looking around and looking in your life, looking in your home, looking at uh, in your, your work, where, what, how do I need to engage in the Spirit? It's not just selfish. It's nothing else personal. Okay? Because I'm, I, as, a, as a pastor, I'm out here in front with a big old bullseye. Okay? So if nothing else, say, you know, God, protect Pastor Ryan. But I'm sure there's lots of other things that you'll have to pray for. But if, if there's nothing else that you can think of, you can pray for me. How about that? All right? Thank you very much. I do appreciate it greatly. But look, you need to be engaging in spiritual warfare. What what does that look like? Okay, number one, it is it is listening and looking in the spirit. Paul says we we're not we're not engaging in the flesh. We're not looking at the natural. We're looking at the supernatural. Right. So it's not looking at somebody. Okay. It's not looking at someone and saying. Okay? That's not what it is. It's not looking after the flesh. It is is looking in the in the spirit and looking in the Lord. If you once you get in if once you engage, you will begin the Lord will start dropping into your heart and say, Okay, look, you need to pray against the spirit of fear. You need to pray against the spirit of depression. You need to pray against um, the uh, you know uh, the spirit of, of um, Addiction or anxiety, or uh, these things are, are they'll start to see because they they bear the fruit of what they are. Okay, they, let me tell you, when you start dealing with the demonic realm, they, they're very sly and cunning, but they're not very bad. They reveal themselves very very easily, and it's not it's not hard to go. Oh, Sometimes it's a little, you know, you, you have to wait for it, but you, 
no seeing of our own. I just heard the scripture. Oh, it's not hard to tell, right? And, and here's the thing: when, when you're when you're working in the spirit realm, okay, um, God has given us the power and the authority. The, the the demonic, what they have is they they have basically anarchy. They have the right and the ability to do whatever they want to until one of God's kids comes along and puts rules around them. Here, here's your box. You can't go outside of that. Right? Anybody here God, one of God's kids? See, okay, you have the right and the authority to tell the demonic forces, principalities, and powers and say, look, here's what you have to operate within. You can't do X, Y, and Z. You can't go outside of this box. That's it. Period. Done. But it, it's op- they, it operates it's, it's faith also. Because if, if you don't believe you have that authority, they will look you dead in the face and say, ha, I'm not going to do it. We don't have that right. And you'll go, oh, maybe I don't. And they'll go, I'm just going to keep on going. But if you know, in your knower, that you know, that God has given you that right authority and power to do so, they have to obey. There is not, they, 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 there is not, you know, they have to obey. There's no question about it. Okay? It's a really interesting scripture. I want to uh, take one, one, one more step in here. We're destroying speculation and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Okay, so, well, this is, now, mind you, this is Paul. People, and I'm going to give a little bit of a caveat to what I've said. What, what happens is, is the more battles you win, the more authority that you get. Right? The more faith that you have, and the more authority is there. For, for pastors, for prophets and apostles, people who, let me tell you, they, they, have, they have fought the fight, they've, they've gotten beat up, they have, um, they have gone through the death, okay? Um, so they operate in more authority. There is an anointing there that they operate in a little bit more authority than, than just um, other, you know, other folks normally do. So they can they can take on some of these bigger principalities and powers that really a church would take on. Okay, so this is Paul saying we are taking authority or um, we are uh, destroying speculations, every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. We're taking every thought captive. Now I'm sure everyone, because this is how I grew up hearing talk, hearing this verse talked about. We're taking every thought captive. Right? So you're thinking about your thoughts and going, is this something that Jesus would have me think on? And if it's not, you're getting rid of it. Has anybody heard? Is that what you. Okay. And that's true. That's valid. I don't exactly think that that's what this verse is saying. You should do that anyway. This is warfare. 
talking about destroying speculations. We're talking about um, things that lift, are lifting themselves up against the knowledge of God in an area, in a town. We're going to take this thought captive because what happens is when people are thinking his word, right? When the words come out, they are powerful. And so we're going to take those things captive before they ever get out there to enable the demonic themselves. Remember the, the, verse, the verse in Isaiah? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. All those who rise up against you in judgment you will condemn. And remember what, what, what are you condemning? The tongue. You read that entire passage. It's about the people speaking words that are destroying. I'm going to... I'm going to... Um, no weapons. Weapons of what? People speaking against you. People speaking against the church. People... Oftentimes, people's feelings will actually impart demonic junk to go. So God enables us to take that captive before it ever gets to you. Have you ever thought of that? That's a crazy, awesome weapon. Right? Before somebody even is able to speak something negative over you or your church or your family, God will give you the ability to take captive that. No, I'm not going to let them even think bad thoughts about me. In the name of Jesus, those things must leave, and they will just—they will—they will only be able to bless. They will not be able to curse. Right? You're not cursing them. What you're doing is you're you're, you're binding the, the forces that would cause them to curse someone else. And you're saying, Lord, I want them to be able to hear from you. I want them to only speak blessing. Because if they're cursing, they're hurting somebody. Your family, your church, right? So you're able to take captive those thoughts before they ever come. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are so multifaceted. Okay? Um, and we need to see them in all of their different... I, I don't know how to say it theologically correct, but all the different ways that they are seen in Scripture, we need to, we, we need to see them that way. Is He a God of peace? Yes. Is He the, the Lamb? Yes. Is He... The, the, uh, is, is God merciful? He's always merciful. Is he, God, is he gracious? He's always gracious. Is He loving? He's always loving. Is He a God of judgment? He's always a God of judgment. Right? That's what, that's what, is He a jealous God? Yeah, He's always a jealous God. That's who He is. Is He a God of love? Absolutely. He is love. He is the, the, the standard of love. Is He a God of, of war? Absolutely. Right? He's all of those. And so we can't take some of them and leave some of those out. Look at um, 
Okay, let me give you the verse, Revelation 19. Revelation 19. One of these days we're going to go through the book of Revelation. It'll be fun. I love love going through Revelation again. It's going to be a fun, fun book to do this year. heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, on his head are many diadems, many crowns. He has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He's clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. Who, who are those armies? Look, look, look up at verse 7. And we'll, we'll, we'll drop back down. Look at verse 7, same chapter. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was given her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Said to me, right blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. These are the true words of God. We are the bride of Christ, right? When he says, hey, Diana, I want you to come in. You know what? He says, here, you need to be in your wedding clothes. Here is fine linen, bright and clean. Why does he say, it's, it's not only are they wedding clothes, but the armies which are in heaven, verse 14, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword that which, um, so that with it he may strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. He treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. In his robe, and on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We've talked before that we are a heavenly people, right? That's not in the future. That is now. We have access to the heavens. Ephesians 2, is it verse 5 and 6? said that you are seated with him in the heavenly places. You have access to the heavens. And you know what? Jesus, is the holy king of kings and lord of lords, is riding forth, even right now, on his white horse. And he's saying, my saints, my bride, you're coming with me. Saddle up, let's go. got all the angels in heaven and all his people 
got the armies in there. It says sometimes when you see this throughout Scripture, um, what, what he will do is he will incite one nation against another to, um, to uh, mete out his justice. Right? He also has the armies of hell. You know, oh, yeah. We can use those however he wants to. And you, you see that um, in different couple different times where um, he's looking for someone to uh, deceive Ahab. How, how am I going to incite Ahab to go out and to die in battle? He said, a lying spirit came before him and said, I will be the deceiving spirit in the mouth of his prophets. And hit that will deceive him and go out and die. So that's how they do it. As a demonic entity that God said, okay, I want you to deceive him so he'll go out and die in battle. God can do whatever he wants to. He has armies to the greatest. But it is him. It is Satan. It is God. Pray more in the Spirit. Pray at all times. If you're not praying in the Spirit a lot, do it. Get after it. Pray this. More. Right? The more you pray in the Spirit, the more you start listening to the Holy Spirit within inside of you. And the Holy Spirit is always speaking. He is always speaking. You, you get in the Spirit and you will start. You will start seeing. You'll start hearing. You'll start being able to to know what is going on in the spirit. Because that's how you. That's how you get to know. Is the Holy Spirit will show you and tell you. But to commune with the Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit pray through you. Okay. Spend time in prayer. Spend time praying in the Spirit. Begin to learn about the, the spiritual warfare. Start seeing the the demonic for what they are. You you can start recognizing them. Well, that's what, that is there there's a there's a spirit of pride behind them. Some of them are bigger. Like you, you, you think about there's an Absalom spirit. Look at what Absalom did. We talked about him a couple weeks ago, didn't we? Absalom with the betraying. He, he betrayed his own dad. He um, did the same spirit with with Judas. Betrayed, betrayed the king with a kiss, brought people up against him. Ultimately, God destroys them. Jezebel is very similar, except a, 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 a woman, right? Jezebel was the, the um, harlot queen wife, right? Who was, um, she herself was, uh, what people think, she was a, the daughter of a, um, high priest uh, from a different religion. 
right? So she was really, really messed up. And her, her goal was power and control and to control her husband and to uh, eventually get him killed. Right? You start seeing some of these, these bigger demonic forces. The more time you spend, the more time you look, and you start seeing their fruit, you'll know what they are. You need to be have faith. Ask the Lord to grow your faith. When Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, a man brought his son to the disciples. And uh, the disciples couldn't cast out the demon. When Jesus finally came down, uh, they said, well, because we brought, I brought my son to your disciples, or, or I guess the disciples said, why couldn't we drive it out? And he said, because we're lacking faith. Because we're, we're, we don't have enough faith to do it. You're, you're, do we have a, a, the power and authority? Yeah, we do. But the demonic is fond of faith also. If you need more faith, ask the Lord and going to give you more faith. It's worth it. I tell you, it's worth it. Because the more fights you get into, the more battles you win, the more authority that you get. The more authority that you get, the bigger fights you can get into. <laughs> Sorry, that's just how it works. Right? But if you want to, if you want to have more faith, God will put you through your paces. That's what Judges 3 says. Right? I'm not outside of Scripture. That's what Judges 3 says. He's going to give you the fight so that you grow. If you don't want to grow, just ask him to hit the rapture button and take you home. Right? He put you here for a purpose, not just to get to heaven. Which means you need to grow. Ask him to, to give you the more faith. And then he says, be ready, because he will. He's been growing people's faith for many, many, many thousands of years. He's also going to test you. And you know, those tests are tough. That's the test. That's how you get more faith. As, as you grow, you'll start learning how to, to pray and, and directly speak to the principalities and powers. Right? And they have to do what you tell them to do. when there's an oath taken and the blood oath that, that can be broken. So a lot of times the blood has, you know, the thing is to do is to cleanse it by the blood that's cleansing everything else. And a lot of times what happens is you've got these different oaths that people, either oaths or claims that people have made. Okay? So they, they, they're taking an oath or they're taking a claim and you've got competing claims in the spirit. Why you, really, you shouldn't claim, you know, I'm just claiming you're a man until you know you're not a man. I'm not man. Because if somebody else is claiming, right, let's say right on the hill, right, we're going to claim we're a man for Jesus. And then, uh, you know, we, we claim, and then Catholics, oh, we're going to claim that men look Everybody's claiming, and then God goes, whose property is it anyway? No, 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 no. I'm not, not going to claim. We're just going to. 
let God do his thing. We're going to break all the frames and the oaths and everything and let the kingdom of God come and prosper. Good stuff anyway, right? We don't need any of it. It's in him being God. So you get into oaths and, and covenants. I have a card to tell you if you're asking me. It needs to be broken. But you start to see these things in your spirit as you start praying these things, as you start looking at
over over this whole um, church. Lord, everybody that's here, everybody who's not here today. Lord, that the blood of Jesus would cover them and their family, their household, their their uh, their dwelling, their their vehicles, everything that they have, their possessions. Lord, that that nothing would be able to come near them to harm them in any way. And Lord, for those who want to operate in this spirit of might, Lord, I ask right now that you would grant that to them. Lord, grant it to them in a, in a major way that they could walk this out. And Lord, that they would, um, they would, uh, Lord, I pray that you'll blow it in them in the way that you best can blow it in with, within them. Blow their faith, blow their ability to see, blow their ability to understand in the spirit, and let them grow in the spirit of They will um, fight the battles that they will win. Will give it to them more and more authority. Lord, as a church, I pray that you will show us um, more of how to pray for for our sphere, Lord, what, our this area of Connecticut, Lord, our, our family, our friends, our, the the um, um, government right across the street. Lord, show us what we need to take on, what you have given us authority over to, to pull down. And um, Lord, I pray that you will make that very clear so that we can uh, accomplish everything in the Spirit that you've asked us to accomplish. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come, Lord, that you would, get, that you would bring more, more of you, more of your presence. Lord, that as a church, we pray right now that any hindering spirit any principality or power that would hinder the full manifestation of the anointing of the Holy Spirit on this church. We bind it and we command it to be gone, to go to the feet of Jesus immediately. And that, Lord, that you would have full freedom to come and pour out your glory upon us. To fill this place, to fill each one of us, and to empower us for everything you have for us to do. Lord, we thank you very